Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of FinTech Brews and News. I'm Nikki Rohde, and today is going to be a really cool episode because we have a new co-host and friend of mine, uh, Eric Cotton, as well as Seth McGuire from Galileo. So gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's start uh, real quick here. Eric, um, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about you, your role here at Central Payments, and then we'll, we'll jump over to Seth. Sure. Uh, as Nikki mentioned, my name is Eric Cotton, the uh, general manager here at Central Payments. Uh, going on my eighth year here at Central Payments, Ooh, so uh, you're old. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a ride. It's been uh, it's been fun. Uh, in my role as general manager, I have uh, relationship management, so all of our partnerships, uh, both market facing as well as you know strategic partnerships, like we'll talk about with with Galileo. Uh, as well as our sales organization rolls up to me. So uh, I have a very enjoyable and fun job. I'm busy. I'm busy. Well, thanks for that, Eric. Um, so Seth, let's turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Galileo. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Again, I've known Central Payments for several years now and always been impressed by what you do, especially with Falls FinTech, which I love. I love the concept of it. I love the idea of it. I love the execution of it. So great to be here. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Galileo which really means I lead the go-to-market. And I think about how those pieces come together. And as an organization, we think about who our new clients will be, what products and services we bring to them, and then how we serve them you know, after, after bringing them on board. And so you know, functionally what that means is I lead uh, sales and business development, I lead marketing, uh, and then partnerships along with that. And you'll have to help me with this one. How long have you been at Galileo? I've been at Galileo about two and a half years. Um, and actually, this is my first foray into pure financial services or financial products. I come from a, a long history of technology, especially on the platform side. So I've been in and out of startups and larger organizations for the last 15 years, including about a six-year stint at Twitter after Twitter acquired a startup that I was with here in Boulder, Colorado, where I live. Um, and in that platform approach at Twitter, I ran, I was actually similar to Galileo as part of SoFi. I ran a B2B API platform at Twitter that developers and organizations built on. So companies like a Hootsuite or a Sprout Social or others would use our APIs to build things on there. And that's the business I ran there. So Galileo, very similarly, kind of this B2B platform meant to help uh, companies who are building new products uh, using our APIs and our technology. Well, financial services and technology are obviously interchangeable nowadays, hence fintech. And so I'm yeah. sure your skills are, are very well received there. And I would be remiss to your family if I didn't go out of left field here on something. So we're going to do a little get to know Seth. So you know the old game, two truths and a lie. And I know you guys spent time over dinner deciding this as a family. So, <laughs> so let's go, Seth. Two truths, one lie. Yeah, we, we did spend time as a family on this because, you know, despite the reputation of salespeople, I'm not a great liar. And so I was trying to think how I could build this. And so everyone's giving a lot of input around the table. So where we landed, I'll, 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 and I'll refer to my notes here to make sure I get it right. So Drum roll. Th three items. All right. One, I have a dog named Pancakes. All right. Two. In my degree in medieval studies, I wrote my thesis on Robin Hood. And three, I am number two of five kids who are spread across four different states. So those are my two truths and a lie. 
two of how many kids or what you, what was two the kids? Of five. five two of five kids across spread across four different states mm. boy am i number, you... number two is so far out there i almost it's it has to be believable i am going to lead i'm going to go with the probably the 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 easiest one i believe the lie is that you have a dog named pancakes I'm going to guess you have a dog named after some other breakfast food. Well, here's what's interesting is Eric has a dog named Beans. Beans. I have, ah. a, dog named, I have a dog named Bacon. And so I have to say that dog named Pancakes is true, especially since you have kids. I know that's true. I'm going to say the lie is that the kids spread across the states. Mm. That's, that's my guess. So Eric, okay. right? Am I right, or are we both wrong? You're both wrong. No. Uh, so this this is pancakes. I don't know if you can see him over there hanging out. Oh, there That's he pancakes. is. Hey, pancakes. Named by my eldest daughter before we got him. She said, well, pancakes can be a boy or a girl, so we can name in advance, and it'll work out, which was fair yeah. enough. Uh, so that's pancakes. Um, I am number two of five kids, and I have a sister in California, a sister in New York, two brothers in Wisconsin where I grew up, and then me here in Colorado. Um, the, the middle one, number two is a medium lie because I did major in medieval studies, which I don't use a ton today, I'll admit, but my thesis was on King Arthur, not Robin Hood. So, okay. uh, it was totally different. Yeah. Again. That, and if you ever want to go deep on that on a podcast, happy to oblige, but let's, yeah. you know, that, that is, that's yeah. worthy. That might have to be a later afternoon one yeah. over beers, <laughs> um, for sure, because that's curious. Um, and I was with Eric. I'm like, usually on this thing, you go two truths and a lie. The the most obscure one is is usually mm -hmm. the truth. Um, but well done, and and kudos to the family for coming up with some some good good. They'll be happy we squeezed topics. it in. Yeah, yes. thank you for obliging. <laughs> of course, absolutely right. Well, let's let's roll into what is new at Galileo. Let's talk a little bit about some initiatives you guys have going on, you know, if it's all about go to market, how are you, how are you doing mm -hmm. that? What are you doubling down on? Yeah, well, it, it is a really exciting time at Galileo. I mean, very much like central payments, as you know, our mission is to enable fintechs, financial institutions and brands to build innovative products. And that ranges across payments and banking sphere. So a lot of what we think about is one, where is the ecosystem headed? And so what, where are the areas we need to build out to support them? And then two, what are the gaps in the current ecosystem today, places where we see challenges or issues with them? And so a, a lot of what we're building on right now revolves around that, which, as you guys know, it, it is a really exciting time in overall fintech because of that juxtaposition of innovation and regulation. There's a lot happening. Um, so I'd say some of the areas we're really focused on, one is certainly supporting our clients in transactional fraud, uh, kind of overall fraud. As we know, fraud in the ecosystem is growing. Uh, the more new accounts people create, the more ways there are to move, manage, and spend money. Obviously, the more bad actors are looking to take advantage of that. And so we've made a lot of investment over the past few years in our payments risk platform, which is how we help our clients to kind of manage fraud and risk along the entire value chain of a, of a customer interaction. So kind of, you know, using different partners and services for account opening, certainly. But then along the way, as you think about money movement in, you think about ACH out, you think about card swipes at the point of sale, what are the different ways you can identify those risk vectors and then help clients manage them? So that's a, that's a bigger focus for us just to support clients that given what's happening in the ecosystem. Um, 
The other one's a little, little more fun, I guess, in that it's uh, all the conversation around chat GPT these days. When SoFi, our parent company, acquired Technosys, which is kind of a modern banking platform that we've integrated with Galileo, so we have a, a holistic solution serving banks and non-banks, one of the products they brought to the table is called Cyberbank Connecta. And Cyberbank Connecta is really fun because it is an empathetic and conversational AI engine built specifically for banks and banking paradigms. And so right now is a, is a really exciting time to be talking about that because chat GPT has blown up that everyone's saying, hey, how do I use AI? How do I use conversation to move forward my, my customer interactions? And we have this great engine that's built purposely for banking and payments, which I think is a really important learning happening right now for those using chat GPT is how can you turn this from a general tool, kind of an information analysis and dissemination tool into a, a question response empathetic engine. And that's what Cyberbank Connected does really well is that it integrates into your customer service and customer success functions so that it is managing empathetically conversations for inbound client requests, but then it can also transfer and kind of hand off more gently than a lot of traditional bots, right? Where you're saying, hey, here's a menu of options, click, and eventually you're typing in all caps and yelling at it. This, you know, Connect is very good at identifying some of the signals of, hey, this customer is getting irate. We're not answering their question. They might need an agent. And the goal is to then hand that off seamlessly with information. So it's a really cool time to talk about that just because every other article at this point is on AI. Interesting. Now, is that functionally embedded in your API platform as well? Yeah, there, there's a couple different ways to, to integrate and use that. Um, because a number of the traditional technicist clients were banks who maybe don't manage and host their own solutions. We actually have a hosted offering for that where we can manage it you know, on your behalf or you can implement it yourself. So you're able to kind of install on-prem and embed within your own architecture and infrastructure. So a couple different deployment methods. Um, of course, is, and then cost savings is, is surely a value prop out of that too. 1000%, yeah. And, and that's where I think you, you see a lot of people start. They come in bound with this view of like, hey, is this a way for me to save on kind of my overall customer success? Where they get to quickly is, and where we want them to be is, yes, you certainly can do that, but also think about how you can serve them better. How can you answer their question more quickly? And in the world we live in, you know, along with our partner, Central Payments, is a digital world. And the customers of our clients together expect fully digital interactions. So when you start giving them answers like, go to the bank or go to your retail location or call this number, it's not, you're not going to get a great response from them. So I like that this is fully digital. It embraces that motif of, hey, start with that interaction in a place you're used to, on a website, in an app. And then if you need to, you can graduate to some of those other pieces. But, so those are two of the things that the, the third thing we're really excited about is obviously our, our expansion of our partnership with you all. Like, you know, we've worked with you guys for a long time, love what you do, love Falls FinTech again. And it's just exciting to be able to, to double down on that with you and to continue to push innovation forward of the ecosystem. So we appreciate that partnership and the company as a whole is really excited about it. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm certainly grateful. And I know Eric um, Galileo is one of our first kind of embedded partners in not processing OpenCP and that. So maybe talk about what the extension means to us. Yeah, I mean, Seth said it very well. Galileo was there from the very beginning as central payments evolved from, you know, simply a payments division of a bank into more of a banking as a service platform. They, you know, they jumped in feet first with an idea on us. They were the ones they committed to a future state. We when we first were forming the partnership um, at Money 2020, 
oh boy, 2017, 2018, we, there was no technology exchanging hands. It was, Hey, this is what we'd like to do. We'd like, you know, Galileo to be a part of it. They were all in, you know, we committed, uh, to a partner, to a pretty aggressive timeline, uh, which Galileo held up there into the bargain. So, I mean, it's been, you know, Galileo's seen central payments grow from zero transactions to, you know, now we're making, you know, tens of millions of API calls into Galileo, you know, on a weekly basis. So it is, uh, they've been, they've been a foundational partner, you know, from the beginning for us. So it was uh, awesome to extend that relationship and and see what the future holds. I think that's one of my favorite things about fintech is you've got innovative people that are willing to, to take a bit of a flyer on, I have an idea. And so with central payments, to Eric's point, is starting out and going, hey, Galileo, we have an idea. We, we imagine a world where, and digital and technology and faster money movement and a variety of money movements and all that stuff, um, it, it really mm-hmm. takes takes courage to, to hitch your wagon to just an idea. And even Falls Fintech, as you mentioned a couple of times, really spawned from that too, is these early yeah. stage entrepreneurs going, I got an idea. And we're like, how do we pay that forward and continue to support mm-hmm. and edify and serve these early stage companies uh, the, the same way like Galileo did for us back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. I, I feel like that is such a part of your DNA. And that comes across so clearly in both podcasts like this, other interviews I've watched, just your presence at events and how you interact with startups is the DNA of hearing an idea, saying, yes, that's possible. But then I think what differentiates and what's so important right now, especially with the past 12 weeks we've seen in banking, is not just technology, right? This is where the fin part of fintech comes in. It's it's the expertise you're bringing to the table when someone has an idea and you say, yes, comma, and here's ways you should think about this. Let me bring some expertise in to think about how you want to be compliant on that. Let me give you the framework and the, the platform to help you with compliance. Let me kind of link you with the right banking partner. Like a lot of those things are, are where we see when there are challenges in the ecosystem. Um, it's in places where they haven't brought to the table what you have, which is saying, yes, we'll believe in your idea, but also here's things you need to think about because it's not just technology, right? It is financial technology. And this means the customers' money and customers' lives are impacted by it. And so taking that responsibility seriously is something I think Falls Fintech does incredibly well. And it, is, it just shows how much you think about that and kind of everything you do. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, as, as early stage companies come to Galileo, a lot of times y'all will flip them here to central payments and say, hey, central payments, talk to these guys. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I find really remarkable is when Eric, and here I go again, I'm going to compliment him. And this is really <laughs> painful for me, guys. It's really painful. Yeah. But when people talk to Eric, um, specifically with your kind of breadth of experience and things, they really realize, A, how complex payments is, and B, mm-hmm. how well um, we've tried to simplify certain aspects of saying, you go ahead and focus on customer acquisition and and that path of distribution, and we'll take care of program management functionalities and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. And of course, with integrating with Galileo, the technology bit is is seamless for them. So all of mm-hmm. the complexity of payments um, through the consultative approach of pseudo smart people um, <laughs> and and uh, and partners like you all really makes for a smooth, uh, smooth partnership that that fintech companies really need. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that startup piece is um, it's been correct the last ten years. I think what's really exciting now is seeing that same view and need in the embedded space, right? Where you have potentially larger companies, brands or larger B2B enterprise. We see a lot right now of them saying, well, I want to build this thing. But to your point, like a startup, I mean, they might be a billion dollar company, but like a startup, they're coming in and saying, okay, well, we need help here. So help us, not just with the technology, help us think about how to build this, help us think about how to frame this, what's compliant, what's not. And so I think there's a huge opportunity for this expertise and platform mix as we grow into more of these embedded applications of payments and money movement and banking. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think the partnership aspect, Eric, talk a little bit about partnership. Um, what does it, what does it mean to us as central payments? You know, we're one little cog in the, in the ecosystem, but how important is partnership? I, for me, it's absolutely paramount. So, I mean, we are, we have to have, strong partnerships, not only with those that, to your point earlier, Nikki, we rely on our par our market-facing partners to acquire customers. That is a huge trust that we in instill in them. And their trust back onto us is that we work and, a and partner with strong companies like Galileo on the back end. And these companies that have a very dynamic product roadmap like Seth was talking about. So they can maintain their focus on acquisition and we maintain our focus on growing partnerships with companies like Galileo to increase our product offering via, you know, what what's what Seth mentioned earlier, Galileo is doing in the space. So it is this whole thing does not work unless there is very strong partnerships and you know, maybe not needing to be said with that, but the trust component that every, you know, every partnership, every connection, there's a level of trust that, you know, so-and-so is doing everything they can, Central Payments is doing everything we are, Galileo is doing everything um, that they can to make this as successful mm -hmm. as possible. So, and that just, you know, that underscores the, the rationale for the contract extension is because we have had nothing but that you know, trustworthy experience mm -hmm. with, with the Galileo team to, you know, for us to bring on volume onto their platform and for us to trust them to develop these, you know, innovative products that we can, you know, kind of pass on to our partners. So yeah. there is no stronger word uh, in fintech, in, in my opinion, than partnership, because mm -hmm. it is without strong partnerships, you can very easily, there's tons of examples of you know, you overlook a partnership and how important it is from technology provider to financial institution to some of these product offerings. You know, if, if, if every partnership is not strong, your product may suffer, scalability, profitability may suffer. Yeah, and I, I love that trust point, Eric, because I do think who ends up suffering then at the end of the day is we may not work, to your point, every day directly with the customer, right? Like we might work with you who works with the program manager who then, you know, works with the customer acquisition and, and actually interacts with that customer. But at the end of the day, we're all talking about people, right? This is people's access to dollars they have worked hard to earn. It's people's access to be able to spend for the needs they or their family have. It's businesses' ability to keep afloat. Like the end customer here is such a, a large focus area that trust in every step of that value chain, to your point, is, is critical just because what we're talking about here is not a luxury item. It is a need for people. It is access to their funds. And so that's a really important trust that, I think you nailed on the head, needs to be clear across every step in that partner chain. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I think trust is, is a very um, important value that when we create partnership, there is, we trust you, you trust us. And ultimately we understand that it's the end users that have to trust mm -hmm. the whole process. And so that is absolutely critical. Um, so speaking of trust and, and maybe this, this foundation shaking environment that we're living in right now mm -hmm. with some of the bank failures and um, the swing in fintech valuations and things like that. Seth, I wonder how you guys think about how that's going to continue to affect the fintech space and what y'all are doing at Galileo. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a great question because I do think it's a really interesting time right now for this. Um, my view is that it actually makes what someone like us and Central Payments does more powerful because there is the increasing need to be able to validate and prove and support, you know, long-term compliant, sustainable programs. And so I think people will look to organizations who have a history of that and have spent years building the right products and platform and services and layer of trust around that. So I do think there's a real opportunity here. I do think there's going to be a lot of consumer questions in a landscape like this, right? Um, and while social media is very different to look back at some of my experience at, at Twitter and elsewhere, I do think you, you do continually in any really growing and thriving ecosystem, go through some of these mountains and valleys of innovation. And let's say, regulation or drawback, right? In social media, it has been less regulation. It has been consumer concerns, privacy concerns. In finance, we're going through a similar thing right now where every time you're, you're pushing the boundary with innovation, there are good questions to ask about, is this in a consumer's best interest, right? I think we've seen lenders out there who have not acted in consumer's best interest. And so it makes sense to think about regulating that. I think we've seen depository institutions maybe not take the scrutiny they should in some places. So it's not that those things are bad. It's that they come hand in hand with innovation. And I think that puts organizations who pay attention to both, like ours and our partnership, in a really good place because we're able to say like, yes, there are shocks out there in the ecosystem. But if you build a product that is focused on the consumer's best interest. And if you build in the layers of compliance and process on top of technology, you're going to be successful. You will be one of the winners here. And so I think that really aligns very well with both of our missions. It does take some educating of the public to get there, right? Where you say, hey, not every bank is equal. Not every bank is the same. Here's things to look out for. But I think it's a really natural and healthy progression. Yeah, so thanks for that, Seth. Um, so Eric, I want to ask you about that idea of balance. So speed and risk mitigation and controls. How, when you're talking and consulting with uh, a potential partner, how do you um, socialize that and get those people that are interested in market now with the idea that, okay, hold on and trust us a little bit here, that there is a balance to it? How, how do you think about that or get them comfortable with that? Yeah, what we see a lot, um, and I'm sure Seth can can attest as well, is you know some of these early stage or fintechs, or even to be quite quite honest, some of the embedded opportunities we see, they are focused on a date. They have the date in mind, maybe before they even ever engage in a conversation with us. Um, you know, and as they learn more, the date, you know, you have to be flexible with that date. And you know, to to echo Seth's point, um, you have to trust your partners to to be able to layer compliance, you know, fraud monitoring, all of this stuff, all of these components that that get added on as the build, as the go-to-market strategy is occurring. So, you know, what we generally fall back on on some of these is we need to mutually agree upon what 
what your minimum viable product is. What is a consumer-friendly product that gets to market that you can then ideate on and enhance over time? You know, because you can't, you don't get to scalability, you don't get to profitability without a launch. So that launch is so key to do right. And when, you know, when there's a pause in the action or you're, you know, there's a, there's a small break, the, the overwhelming urges to, I need to change. I need, I've got idle hands, so I need to change my name or I need to, let's add a, let's jam in a couple more product offerings on, on this. So the discipline, um, you know, to, to stick, to stick to your focus of your original plan is so uh, paramount because that allows, you know, to a large point, Central Payments and Galileo, we're executing on a, a partner's vision. So the more that vision stays concise and focused, it, you know, there's less variability uh, in the execution of that. You know, even in false fintech back in the day, we used to tell people all the time, make the main thing the main thing. Right. Because <laughs> it's so easy, like even when they pull back yep. the, the hood of, of Galileo's APIs. It's like, ooh, I can do that thing and that thing and those things and then right. this thing and that thing. And and then before you know it, you've diluted everything. Yep. Um, and I'm sure living in technology, as you have for so many years, Seth, that you've probably seen that time, time, time and again. Yeah, no, I but I like the way you guys talk about it with balance, because I do think it's it, in some ways as a partner to any of these programs, we act as a bit of a counterweight to whatever direction they're headed, right? So if they're coming in, they're like, we're going to launch in a week. And we're like, okay, well, let's like, if you launch in a week, you're going to get some stuff wrong. It's going to die. But if they say, hey, we're not really on a pace to launch, we'll get to it. You're kind of like, no, you got to pull it forward too. So there is a little bit of that balance there. I think the shift in venture capital funding for new programs across the past year will be an interesting balancing mechanism that same way. Because I do think, and I, I think you guys have seen the same, we saw a lot of programs come in very hot to trot because they were like, I got to get a thousand cards in market. Don't care what happens after that. I need a thousand cards in market so I can go raise $10 million in a series A. And you're like, sure, but are those thousand cards in market an indication of success? Yeah. Did you just pay 50, people $50 to sign up and they're not going to spend or transact or use it? Like, what is your go-to-market strategy? What is your niche you're targeting? How do you think about that fully wrapped offering? And then you point, Nikki, what is the MVP of that? Like, does adding a secured card and overdraft and credit card on top of your launch accomplish anything? Like, do you know who the client you're targeting is and, and what is different about debit and credit? So I think there's a lot more openness now I find on the client and founder side to having that conversation versus maybe six months ago where they're like, listen, whoever can get me to market the fastest is who my VC wants me to go with. And I think that's balanced out a little bit in a really good way where they're more likely to talk about who their target customer is, how they think they'll acquire them you know, what the right product set is. And that's the place to be. That's the right place for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So last thing that I go always like to kind of pick your brain with is what are some of the biggest trends? Uh, you, you told me about what you guys are, are focused on, but anything you see coming down the way in fintech and payments as it relates to um, different verticals or just things you think the market is is focusing on? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an exciting question because there's so many answers. Because I do think there is so much. It's it's a little bit right now like picking from uh, you know which X to follow on the treasure map. You're like there's five X's. I don't I don't know where to go. Um, some of the ones we were really focused on and like are B two B right now, where we do see business payments and banking following a similar trend line to consumer ships five to seven years ago, right? Where you saw a growing requirement 
for digital interactions and a, and a growing consumer expectation around what banking looks like for a small business. And so I think that's a really interesting shift where a number of people now, uh, business owners and business people have said, well, I, I bank this way in my personal life. Why am I still going to drop off checks at a bank, right? Like, why do I still have that? Um, I mean, a funny story I tell is I got convinced to join our HOA as treasurer a little while ago. And the first thing I did was shift our banking app because I was like, this requires me to take paper checks to a bank and I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm going to I'm going to take photos of them. Right. But so like just that shifting consumer mentality we're seeing in the B2B space. Especially, I think really interesting is working capital and lending components in small, medium businesses and other companies. So you had invoice factoring and kind of some ACH uh, working capital lending facilities for a while. I think we're seeing this growing focus on, well, how do I have more of a repeatable kind of digital access to capital that could be based on things like my receivables, could be based on up-to-date information from my sales, right? Like starting to link some of that uh, modernization of businesses with modernization of payments, we think is really interesting. It's a huge arena. And in the United States, it is the backbone of our economy, right? Supporting SMBs. So the way that we can help them be successful, we think is, is really cool. So we're excited by that. And then second, you know, spending a lot of time with traditional banks who are looking to modernize. Um, I think all of us have played in this challenger space for a while where innovation is coming from new, uh, new builders and founders. You know, you're seeing a lot more attention these days from traditional banks who are saying, okay, I guess I got to get digital, right? And hey, if I'm looking at the bank, my systems are built off 1980s mainframe. So what do I need to shift to get digital? Uh, and so we're having a lot of interesting conversations there around the different ways you can do that with our stack. So those are two places we're really focused. There's a lot about others, but we're seeing a lot of momentum in those. And they're exciting because they do feel like uh, great areas from a mission standpoint to be. Yeah. Uh, um how do you find in some of those traditional bank uh, conversations that you can get them to disconnect a smidge from the full reliability on their core? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the nice part is with, with the Technicus acquisition, we're actually bringing a modern core to the table. So one of the things we're saying is there's a couple different ways to approach this. Um, certainly, you can start a migration. And so you could start to think about slowly building customers on. And that could be challenging. And you've really got to walk them through how to do that. Uh, but we've done that before, and so we we feel good about the ability to help them with that. Others are saying, let me start by standing up a few products outside of there and like prove this. Let me quickly bring to market, because they're also seeing competition from others who have stood up digital programs and saying, okay, well, I've got to go compete now for product X. So whether it's putting a digital you know, debit card in a market or doing a buy now, pay later, that's that I can get up in three months, I have to keep my customer base from eroding. And while I might think about the bigger, longer transition, let me think about what I can put in market today. And so we're able to say like, great, here's how we can stand that up, integrate it with your existing cores. You don't need to change that yet, but you can get a product to market that helps you start to compete. And we, we have a couple of interesting ones in market today with clients um, that we've launched that we're, we're, we should be talking about shortly because I think they're, they're fun ones. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, maybe there's a part two to this um, where we can can dig into that a little bit more. But Seth, in the meantime, I thank you so much for the expertise. And when we kick off Falls FinTech cohorts again here in the future, um, you will absolutely have to be uh, a contributor to that and share some of your knowledge because this was uh, really fruitful from my my perspective. And I'm sure our audience appreciates it too. And Eric, 
it's been all right. Yeah. I showed uh, up. I sat in a chair. You did. You did the things. Did. Uh, yeah. No, uh, thank you both for your contributions and thinking through um, kind of some of those things. We're excited for the future of extending our partnership with Galileo and um, obviously, again, aligning our missions to to serve our consumers. So yeah. appreciate you, Seth. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. No, thanks, thanks for having me. We, we love you guys and your mission. So thank awesome. you. All right. Until it. next time. We'll see you. Thanks, Seth.